James Stewart as the six-shooter. The man in the saddle is angular and long-legged. His skin is sun-dyed brown. The gun in his holster is gray steel and rainbow mother of pearl, its handle unmarked. People call them both the six-shooter. Coleman, America's leader in modern automatic home heating equipment and the national broadcasting company, present James Stewart as the six-shooter a transcribed series of dramas based on the life of Britt Ponson, the Texas plainsman who wandered through the Western territories, leaving behind a trail of still-remembered legends. Now, in just a moment, immediately following this important announcement, you will hear Act One of The Six-Shooter. Stand seat. A rocking chair on the front porch of the Temple City Hotel. Not that there was much to watch. A couple of women looking at the bonnets in the windows of Bradley's Mercantile and some kids playing mummy pig over in the alley next to the bank. And the checker game in the shadow of a big elm across the street. But it was a couple of days before I was due to pick up some cattle in Atterbury for Mrs. Pritchard. And, well, Temple City seemed as good a place as any to stop over. I was considering taking a little nap when I saw Will. At least that's who I thought it was. He was, he was coming out of the general store carrying a box of groceries. I, I couldn't be sure, though, because just as he started to climb into a wagon, another man rode up alongside and shut off my view. Well, look who's in town. You doing the marketing, Will? Thought the women usually did that. But I guess in your case, it ain't such a bad idea to switch things around. I was hoping I'd run into you, Temple. Two of my cows have been killed this week. You mean your wife's cows, don't you, Will? It wasn't two, it was three. The boys found another one grazing on my side of the creek this morning. You're going to have to do something about that fence of yours. You won't have no stock left at all. That fence was all right yesterday. Maybe. But this is today. Now, you listen to me, Temple. I, I figure it's about time you done the listening, Will. I want your wife's ranch. Ain't made no bones about it. She was willing to sell until you came along. She ain't willing now. I'll give you $2 an acre. That's more than a fair price. Anybody will tell you that. We're not going to be shoved off that land, not for $2 an acre or 20 Then maybe I'd better talk to Sarah, seeing as how it's her property. No! No. I'm warning you. You stay away from our ranch and our cattle or I'll... Or I'll... Well, go on. Tell me what you'll do, Will. I'd be real interested to find out. Come on, Bill. If it was Sarah giving him the warning, I might take it seriously, seeing as how she wears the pants in the family. The wagon moved in closer where I was sitting. I got a good look at him now. He changed a lot since last time we met up. He was older. There were a couple of those squint wrinkles between his eyes. Even so, he still could have been more than 23 or 4, seeing as how he was only about 20 when we worked on the West Star Roundup together. Hey, Will! Will! 
Hey, Will! I thought he'd recognize me, but I... Well, I guess I'd changed some, too. I wasn't getting aged or nothing like that, but I'd, uh, I'd ripened up a bit, I guess. Anyway, Will kind of glanced my way and then drove on. And from the way he was holding those reins, I had a pretty good idea of what he was thinking. This temple fella, he pushed him too far. And if I knew Will, he was getting ready to do something about it. Well, there was no point in trying to run him down now. We'd probably meet up later. So I went into the hotel and looked around for a place to sit down. The clerk behind the desk was playing a game of solitaire. Oh, howdy, Mr. Ponset. Something I can do for you? No, 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 thanks, so. Room all right? Yeah, it's fine. Room's fine. Uh, real pleasure having you stand with us. Anything you'd like, will you? The, the Black Queen. Huh? The plays on the King of Diamonds. Uh. Oh. Oh, thank you. Like to look at the Denver paper? It just came in on the stage. No, no, thanks. Just the same. I, I sort of figured on a little snooze. A little too, a little too much racket outside. <laughs> I know what you mean. No, a temple's got a voice that carries all right. I could hear him and Will arguing clear in here. Yeah. Uh-huh. Don't amount to nothing now, Mr. Ponsett. They've been squaring off like that ever since Will moved to town and married Sarah Blake. Oh? Oh, looks like I'm stuck. Good thing I'm not playing at the gambling hall. I'd be out of 50 bucks. You see, Noah's got the idea of buying Sarah's ranch, and there ain't going to be no stopping him until he buys it. Will he need her land for any reason? Sure thinks he does. Now, if I can just get me the ace of spades and... Forty years ago, Noah's grandfather started this town. He owned all the acres between the foothills and the creek out south. Old Temple City was named for him, as a matter of fact. Is that so? But the old man's son, Fred, well, he wasn't much good. First thing you know, he'd sold off nearly everything his dad had left him. When Noah took over, he swore he'd get all the Temple property back again. Guess it sort of stuck in his craw that the Temple's wasn't the biggest outfit in the valley no more. Doggone that black seven. How's Noah Temple been doing? Well, first folks didn't take him serious. They thought he was just a talker like his father. But he sure fooled him. Today he's got more acres than his granddaddy ever had. There's only one piece of the original Temple setup he ain't been able to buy back. That land of Sarah's. Oh? Sure was a surprise when Will wouldn't let her sell it. Nobody ever figured he'd stand up to Noah. A man like him. Was there something wrong with him? Seven, eight, nine. What's that? Oh, well, you see, Mr. Ponson, Will's a coward. Yes, he is. He's yellow clear through. He won't ever wear a gun. If there's a posse being formed, he don't go along. And if there's a fight, he lays low. You can call him names. You can insult him. The way Noah Templeton, he just takes it. Gee, that sure don't sound like him to me. You know Will, Mr. Ponson? Used to. Used to. A couple of years ago, we worked around up together. Oh, that must have been before he moved to Temple City. Yeah, yeah. It's down in Texas. Back there, Willie Techman wasn't afraid of nobody or nothing. And for a youngster, he's mighty fancy with a gun. Techman? That's right, yeah. Oh, but that ain't his name, Mr. Ponson. Will's name is Fetter. Oh? Yeah, Will Fetter. Oh, no wonder you were surprised about him being yellow. You... You got the wrong man. Uh-huh. Well, they must look alike, this friend of yours and Will Fetter. Yeah. Yeah, I guess I do, yeah. Well, 
I went upstairs to my room and started to pull my boots off. You know, it's funny. I, I hadn't been doing anything but sit all day, and my feet hurt worse than I'd have been walking 20 miles. out the window. The sun was just about even for the church steeple. I saw it be around three o'clock. I had a couple hours for supper, so I let myself down in a bed. Hmm? Yeah? Yeah? Well, come on in. Come on in. Mr. Ponsett? Oh, 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 excuse me, ma'am. I, I didn't know it was a lady. I... Uh, I'm, I'm sorry to bother you, Mr. Ponsett. Oh, not at all, not at all. I wasn't exactly what you'd call busy. <laughs> Won't you sit down here? Uh, thank you. Here, wait. I'll get those boots out of your way. Mr. Ponsett, I'm Will's wife. Oh, oh, I'm pleased to meet you, ma'am. Will, Will told me you were in town today. He saw you. And you saw him, didn't you? Yes, ma'am. At least I thought I did. Well, you can't tell anyone he's here, Mr. Ponson. Oh? You didn't come to Temple City looking for Will, did you? Will thought maybe that was the reason. We heard about what happened in Prescott last winter when you came across Bar Cleaver. Yeah, well, you heard wrong, ma'am. I didn't come across Cleaver. He came across me. And as for Will, he... He's made a new life here. A good life. If he has to go back to prison... Prison? Oh. Well, you knew about the bank robbery in Austin and about him breaking out before... You... You knew, didn't you? No, ma'am. Oh, I haven't been back that way since... Then you... You, you wouldn't have told the marshal? But we thought... Well, we were sure. What have I done? No, no, I'll just take it easy, ma'am. Well, if I hadn't come to see you, nobody would have known he was Will Techman. Well, you know, things have a way of coming out sooner or later. How much longer was Will supposed to serve? Two years. Uh-huh. Well, that's not so long when you're young. Uh, we're going to have a baby, Mr. Ponson. But I almost wouldn't want to have him if he was going to grow up knowing his father had been in prison. Why should Will have to go back? Why? Well, I guess maybe you'd better ask the judge who sentenced him, ma'am. What I mean is they, they say it's so a man will live a decent, respectable life when he comes out. And Will's already living a decent, respectable life. He works hard. He, he never makes trouble for anybody. He doesn't even wear a gun, and he promised me he never will. Was that your idea, not wearing a gun? Before we were married, he told me about the trouble in Austin and how he broke out of prison. I suppose I, I should have made him go back. But I was so much in love, I couldn't. So I asked him to give me his word he'd never use a gun again. Never even carry one. It must have been kind of hard on a fellow like Will to keep holding himself back that way. It hasn't been easy. I've heard what men like Noah Temple call him. But Will takes it. He's kept his word. This uh, fellow Temple, you know, the way he and Will were going at it today, it sounded like they were heading for trouble. Won't be anything serious. Will just doesn't want us to be pushed off of the ranch. You can't hold that against him. No, 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 guess not. Then you... You won't tell the marshal over in Atterbury? Or anybody? 
Well, I don't imagine Marshal Sanders would like me mixing into his business. This is his district. I guess he can take care of it. Anyway, he has so far. But now, look here, I... Thank you, Mr. Ponson. Well, Thank well, now, you. Now, uh... And thanks for Will, too. Well, no, well wait, wait, just, uh, wait, uh... Well, after all, you know, most of what she said was true. Sending Will back to prison might do more harm than good, but... And it wasn't up to me to sit judgment on him. I was going to be leaving town today or so anyway, and if anything happened after that, it wouldn't be my concern, so... Of course, uh, a man does have certain duties even if he's not wearing a badge. Uh, a man who spots a wanted criminal, he's supposed to report it. And I always had before. I scraped some of the mud off my boots and washed my face, put on a clean shirt, and... Went downstairs in the lobby. The clerk was still playing solitaire. Just beat myself again, Mr. Ponsett. I was playing in the gammon hall out there ahead of about $140. It's pretty good for one afternoon, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, real good. About time for supper? Yeah, go right on in. Molly will fix you up. Got baked ham tonight. Fine, fine. Oh, say, uh, Mr. Ponsett? Yeah? Remember us talking about Will Fetter and him being afraid to carry a gun? Uh-huh. Well, the darndest thing just happened. Oh, it wasn't any more than 15 minutes ago, I guess. Everybody's talking about it. He went into Bradley's Mercantile and he bought himself a carbine. Oh? Of course, he's just trying to bluff Noah Temple. Folks are giving 10 to 1. Will don't even know how to load a rifle. Where you going, Mr. Bodson? Dining room's over there. Uh, I guess maybe I'm not hungry yet. Say, uh, whereabouts is Will's ranch? I think maybe I'll take a little ride. Maybe work up an appetite. return to James Stewart as the six-shooter in a moment. First, a word from Coleman, America's leader in modern automatic home heating equipment. When winter comes, does your house shrink like this? Well, I guess it's time to close off that back room. There's just no way to heat it. Don't deprive yourself of valuable living space. Get a Coleman automatic heater and enjoy new warmth in the hardest-to-heat room. Get your Coleman oil or gas heater now during Coleman's big bonus sale. You'll get three bonuses. A new low price. Yes, now you can get a dependable Coleman oil or gas heater at a new low price. A new low operating cost. Coleman saves you up to 25% on heating bills because Coleman gives you maximum heat from your fuel. And a 32-piece set of Libby Safe Edge glassware worth $14. It's free with your new Coleman heater. Get three big bonuses during Coleman's big bonus sale. The sale is for a limited time only, so see your Coleman dealer tomorrow. Look for his name in your telephone directory. Remember, comfort costs so little with a Coleman. Now, Act Two of The Six Shooter, starring James Stewart as Britt Ponson. The Fetter Ranch was about two miles south of town. 
And from the outside, it looked neat and comfortable, well kept up. The ground stretching out behind it was good grazing land, though it was worth at least $5 an acre, maybe more. I tied Scar to a cottonwood in the yard and walked up to the door. Home, Will, supper's... Oh, Mr. Ponson. Evening, ma'am. Come on in. Uh, Will's not here? No, he was gone when I came back. He must be out tending the stock. Uh-huh. What's wrong, Mr. Ponson? You haven't changed your mind, have you? Where's the uh, Temple Ranch live from here? It's all around us. All four sides of our land. And Temple's Ranch House, where's that? East. Due east. But what's that got to do with it? What's happened? Will was in town this evening. He bought a rifle. I don't believe it. He promised me. You're wrong, Mr. Ponsett. Will isn't gunning for Noah Temple. He's out tending stock. He'll be home any minute. You'll see. Maybe. Where are you going? Here, Temple's got quite an outfit. Worth paying a visit. You won't find Will there. He gave me his word he'd never use a gun again. You won't find him. for about a quarter of a mile, and uh, when I came to the edge of Will's property, I saw a sorrel tethered to a fence post. Looked like Will had decided to go the rest of the way on foot, so I climbed out of the saddle and looked around. There was a big break in the fence, but the cattle hadn't made it. That barbed wire had been cut. And there were four heifers and a couple of steers lying just over the temple boundary. Well, there just wasn't much question about it. They'd been shot. So I crawled through the opening and went right past a big sign that said, Temple Ranch, trespassers will be shot. I found some footprints. I figured they were Will's. About 30 minutes later, I caught sight of the ranch house. It built about halfway up the side of a pretty steep hill, big, sprawling building. There was a light inside, and I could just barely make out Noah sitting at a desk working on some papers. But where it was Will, he had plenty of time to get here. And I heard his step and swung around. There was one of Temple's hands pacing up and down near the stable alongside the house. The way he was holding the rifle, it looked like an army sentry instead of a cow hand. All of a sudden, he gave a little gasp. I saw a shadow tighten around his throat. The sentry went down, and there was a struggle. Not very noisy, though. Not noisy enough for Temple to hear it. And then everything was quiet. The shadow stood up. It was Will Techman. He was inching his way toward the house, toward the window where Temple was sitting. I came up behind him. I pulled out my gun. He was starting to aim his rifle. Well, drop it, Will. What? Yeah. I might have known you'd turn up. Give me your rifle, Will. I could get off a shot. At me, but not at Temple. 
uncle gets our ranch and I go to prison, is that it? Well, we'll talk all about that as soon as we get back to your place. Now, come on. I carried Will's rifle and led the way. About 20 minutes later, we passed another one of Temple's guards. He was dozing, didn't notice it. Still had a couple of miles to go before we'd reached the fence where we'd left the horses. Will was sort of panting for breath. All right, let's rest a minute. Okay. I thought you promised your wife you'd never take up a gum again, Will. Mr. Ponsett, I... You see them dead heifers over by the fence? Yeah. Had about wipes I heard of. When I found them, I, I had to do something. As long as you knew who I was anyway, as long as I was going back to prison, I had to fix it so Sarah wouldn't have the ranch taken away from her. Nah, you, you wouldn't think a piece of land that'd be worth everybody's getting so excited about. I've been shoved around, Britt. Ever since I was a kid, I've been shoved around. Even when I held up the Austin Bank, I wasn't the one who... The one who what? Nothing. Since I married Sarah, well, I've had to take a lot that other men wouldn't put up with because of her and because of her knowing what I was. This thing with Temple got under my skin. I made up my mind to stand up to him. A man's got to take a stand sometime, somewhere. Well, I'm sorry, Will, but... Hey, what's that? Get down, Will! Yep. We've got you dead to rights, better. First person. I ain't alone, Temple! Rick Ponsett's with me. Ponsett? That's right, Temple. I might have known better wouldn't come along. Well, I guess four of us can take care of two of you. He won't be much use to you, Ponsett. Not in a fight. Okay, boys, move in. I could see one of his boys firing from behind a tree behind him. So I aimed at his arm. And the bullet hit him on the shoulder and he lurched forward. That meant only three of them now, but they were closer. Will still didn't say anything. He was waiting for me to make the next move. I tossed him the rifle. Thanks, Britt. He got to his knees and started across a little clearing. He's still all right when he died behind a boulder. I knew where he was heading, too. Noah Temple had been shooting from behind a clump of pines about 50 yards back. For a couple of minutes, I didn't get a chance to watch him. Temple's two guards were on either side of me now. Oh, one of them was more than eight, ten feet away. And I saw the barrel of his carbine rise up from behind the bush. Oh, no. Only one guard left. About that time, it seemed like he'd had enough. Anyway, I moved across the clearing toward the pine trees where Will had disappeared. Pulled up behind a rock. Well... There was no temple. He crouched down low, his gun ready. A little bit of movement in the brush caught my eye. It was Will. He was right behind Temple. And Temple didn't know it. He was looking my way. Will had a perfect shot. I saw Will's finger curl around the trigger. But it... Will didn't fire. I couldn't figure out what had gotten into him. He didn't fire. And then he threw his rifle to one side and let out a yell. Temple! 
Temple turned and got off a shot. Well, he was surprised he couldn't do much aiming. And then Will was on top of him, twisting the gun out of his hands. And after that, I saw a fight the like of which I'd never seen before in my life. There, Will hit Temple across the face, and he went over backwards. And then Temple kicked, and his foot lifted Will right off the ground. But before Temple could pick himself up, Will, Will was right on top of him again. And, and Temple tried to reach for his gun, and Will brought his boot right down on Temple's hand. And Temple quit reaching. And then Will backed away and let Temple up again. And as soon as Temple was steady again, Will drove his fist right into Temple's stomach. And Temple's hand flew apart, and he was wide open. Will hit him again, and hit him, hit him again, and again. And finally, finally, Temple managed to, to send his fist into Will's face. And Will looked like maybe he was going to go down, but he still had a fight left to, to land the right that snapped Temple's head right back. And it was Temple that towel flew over, and then... I knew he wasn't going to get up again, not for quite a while. Feel better, Will? Yeah. Yeah, lots better. You had your chance to kill him. You had a perfect shot. You didn't have to fight him this way. It's the only way I could fight him, Brett. Oh? I had him in my sights. Something kept me from pulling the trigger. Maybe you'll think I'm crazy, but I, I kept remembering what I promised Sarah. That I wouldn't use a gun again. I couldn't pull that trigger, Britt. I just couldn't. Uh-huh. Well, let's... Let's see if we can get Temple here to a doctor. You know, it looks like he needs one. We left Noah with the dock in Temple City, and I started off for Atterbury. I've, uh... I've made up my mind to tell the marshal about Will, all about him. Sarah and Will, they agreed. They, they, they think I should, too. But then again, the way I see it right now, the state of Texas is looking for a gun-toting bank robber named Will Techman, and I, I just don't think Marshal Sanders would be very much interested in a law-abiding rancher who's called Will Fetter. how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Coleman, America's leader in modern automatic home heating equipment, 
and the National Broadcasting Company have presented James Stewart as the six-shooter. Mr. Stewart may currently be seen in the Universal International picture Thunder Bay. Others in the cast were Michael Ann Barrett, Herb Ellis, Howard McNear, and Will Wright. The Six Shooter is an NBC Radio Network production in association with Review Productions, and it is based on a character created by Frank Burt, and today's transcribed story was written by him. Special music was by Basil Aslam, and the entire production is under the direction of Jack Johnstone. All characters and incidents were fictitious, and any resemblance to actual characters or incidents is purely coincidental. Hal Gibney speaking. President Eisenhower opens the community chess campaign tonight on NBC. Presenting Joel McRae as Jace Pearson in Tales of the Texas Rangers. Tales of the Texas Rangers, authentic stories from their official files. Texas, more than 260,000 square miles. And 50 men who make up the most famous and oldest law enforcement body in North America. From the files of the Texas Rangers come these stories based on fact. Only names, dates, and places are fictitious for obvious reasons. The events themselves are a matter of record. Case for tonight, Living Death. It is 2 a.m. on the morning of October 3rd, 1948. A man stands in the brush on the American side of the Rio Grande, watching another man wading rapidly across the river from the Mexican side. Come on, come on, hurry up. Senor Green! Senor Green, where are you? Over here. And shut up. Oh. I almost fallen. Never over. mind. You crazy wearing a white sombrero with that moon? What is the harm, Senor Green? Nobody see the ego but you. Don't be too sure of that. Somebody followed me down here. I don't know whether I shook him or not. The border patrol? No. Hijacker, maybe. You got the package? Oh, see. Right here. 20 ounces. Okay, here's your money. 200 an ounce. $4,000. Oh, gracias. Will be another shipment next week. Yeah, I know. I'll meet you here again on the 12th. Same time. And be a little more... You're right, amigo. Someone does follow you. Quiet. Son came from over there. He's moving this way. You'll have to crawl through that clearing first, and the moon's right on it. You gonna use a gun? What do you think I got it for? Keep quiet. There he is, coming into the moonlight. Yeah, and he doesn't see us. Just like a sitting duck. Oh! You hit him, senor? Yeah. Oh. 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 It looks like I didn't oh. hit him good enough. Oh. Yeah, that's better. Grab his leg. Senor, Grab I his don't... leg and get him out of this clear and into the brush. The longer it takes to find him, the better. Uh, see. Uh, senor Green, we shouldn't have met this place again. It will not be safe. All right, drop him here. Uh, 
No, we can't use this place again. It'll be too high. I must get back across the river. Where do we meet next time? Next time, use our old crossing. Nearly heat us. I'll get lost. Fast! The body of the slain man was discovered. But for two months, there was no clue to point to his killer. And then suddenly another man was shot to death on the streets of a small town in West Texas. And Captain Stinson of the Texas Rangers radioed Ranger Jace Pearson to meet him at the county morgue. Bodies on this slab, Jace. Shot right through the heart, eh, Captain? Yeah. And here's our ballistics report. Forty-five caliber slug. Look at the markings on this photo of it. Uh-huh. All right. Now look at this ballistics photo. This is a report on the slug they took out of the man who was killed near the border two months ago. Yeah, I see what you mean. Both slugs came from the same gun. Mm-hmm. Autopsy report on this man completed yet? It's being typed up. We'll have it in a minute. Clyde Mooney's waiting for it. Mooney? Oh, is he here? Yeah, I sent for both of you. Mooney worked on the border killing. Since it's tied up with his second killing, I thought you'd better tackle it together. Suits me fine. You got some special reason for wanting to see the autopsy report, Jace? Yeah. Look at the body. Marks on the left forearm. Look like the kind we usually find on drug addicts. Well, we'll know in a second. Now, here's Clyde now. Howdy, Captain. Hi, Jace. Howdy, Clyde. Good to see you, boy. Heard you talking as I come in, Jace. You hit it, all right. Here's the autopsy report. Man was a drug addict. He's probably just as well off dead, then. Bullet ties this one right up with your border case, Clyde. Guess we're both after the same killer. Yeah, I've been hunting wetbacks for two months trying to find the man who was toting the gun those slugs came from. Anything else you boys want to see here? No, Captain. No, Captain. Well, let's get out of here, then. Any identification on this man we just saw, Captain? Not a thing. Was dressed like a hobo. Doesn't fit any of the descriptions on missing persons reports, either. Might help a lot if we knew who he was. I can't see this killing as a job done by a wetback. Why not, Jace? It was somebody sneaking across the border. Tracks weren't clear by the time the body was found down there, but there were tracks. Both your cars in back near mine? Yeah. Yeah. All right, Jace, go ahead with your theory. Well, a wetback sneaking into the country to earn a few dollars working is usually too poor to own a gun, unless he's carrying something across with him. You thinking of those hypo marks, Jace? It adds up to me. Narcotic smuggling. Might be man who was killed in my territory could have been shot because he spotted somebody crossing with the stuff. Well, that's possible. But how about the dead man we just left? He wasn't shot near the border. It looked like he was down and out. Had the habit, but not the price. Might have tried to get some narcotics by threatening to expose the peddler. I'll buy that, Jace. How about you, Clyde? Best bet I've had so far. All right, Jace. Where are you planning on starting? Back along the border. What, my area? No. Killing was made that spot too hot for them. They'll go back to some old crossing that's cooled off. I know a few, and you probably know a few. Well, yeah. Place west of Laredo. Then there's uh, Devil's River. That's been quiet lately. Yeah. And the Castellon area in the Big Bend, up through Lajitas and Redford. It's a big border. Yeah, so the sooner we get started, the more of it we can cover. You're dragging a double trailer, Jay. Suppose I load my horse in with charcoal. We'll use one car. Good. Let's go. Mooney and I covered the old smuggler crossings one by one. But weeks passed and we hadn't found anything by the time we reached the Big Bend. 
We were riding the river near Lajitas. Getting kind of late, Jace. We ought to make camp turn in. Yeah. Might as well quit this spot tomorrow. Move on toward Redford. There's a good campsite ahead. Clearing near that clump of honey mesquite. <laughs> You've got eyes like a cat. We can make radio contact when we get back to the car tomorrow. Captain may have something for us. Yeah. What was it he said he'd check on? Narcotic possession cases. Trying to pin down areas where the drug traffic seems to be the heaviest. Man who's smuggling narcotics must be picking up for a central distributor. Well, it could be just a small operator. Well, small operators. Business wouldn't warrant the risk of crossing the border. Whoever makes the pickup is working for a boss. Well, why couldn't he be the distributor making his own pickup? Oh, big boy would play it safe. Stick somebody else's neck out, not his own. Ah, here we are. Ooh, ooh, Charlie. Ooh, boy. You want to get the bedrolls off, Jace? I'll strike a fire, get some chuck cooking. No. No, let's skip the fire and eat cold. Why? We're moving out of here tomorrow. I'd like to watch one more night. It's too quiet here. Haven't been reports of any trouble in this section in almost three years. We haven't even spotted a wetback trail. Okay, no fire. Might as well let the horses drink before we hobble them. Come on, Charco. Come on, boy. I want to rub Charco's legs down tonight. Leche Gia's been cutting him up. Yeah, I got a few nasty scratches myself. boy. Drink up. You looking for something over there, Jace? Yeah. Let the horses go for a second. Come here. Bring a flashlight. What is it? Slight depressions in this mud bank. Just barely saw them. Flash the light. Yeah. They were tracks, all right. Not much left, though. Something else here. A piece of paper half buried. Must have been stepped on. Hmm, brown. Looks like that brown stickum paper they use to seal packages. Oh, no. this is the kind of paper a bank uses to wrap money. Look, there are traces of blue on here from an ink stamp. Yeah, can you read it? No. Maybe the lab at Austin can. Anybody who tore a band from a packet of money in this spot must have been counting it. Yeah, this isn't exactly a business neighborhood. Let's stake out, boy. We found some kind of a crossing, and it may be the one we're looking for. We didn't dare move out of the area. We took turns sleeping and keeping the horses out of sight as much as possible. At night, we crept out along the river, moving slowly under cover. Five nights now, Jace. Maybe they won't cross again in the same spots. I know. A mile above or below us, and we'd never even see them. We found tracks in a couple of places along here. They might... What? Oh. <laughs> One of our horses thought we had something for a minute. Clyde, that isn't one of ours. It's coming from the wrong direction. Put your ear to the ground. I don't have to. I can hear him coming now. It can't be our horses. They're hobbled, and the one we hear is moving free. Come on. Don't show yourself on the riverside. That's where his contact will come from. Coming now. There's something moving in the water out there. A few hundred yards down. Our horses would have to be up the other way. We'll have to try it on foot. We haven't time to go back and get mounted. They make a fast pass. We'll never get there in time anyhow. We'll have to risk a little noise. That moving horse will cover our approach until he stops. Step it up. The contact is across to this side by now. I can't see him out there anymore. Wait. Wait. The horse is stopping, too. Diego? Go ahead, senor. Come on. Give me the stuff. Here's the money. 
They're not wasting any time, Jace. No. Let's go. There I am! Both of them! Keep going, Diego. Run! Get up, boy! I'll get the one in the river, Jace! Stop that horse! Come out of that water! You get him, Clyde? He, he shot at close range, Jace. I had to kill him. We've got to leave him get after that rider. Let's get to the horses. All right. Only we've been 50 yards closer to him back there, Jace. He went over the ridge up ahead. We can pick up his trail up there. I could swear I hit him when I fired. I hope you did. Narcotic traffic's the filthiest thing on earth. Oh, here's the ridge, Chase. Whoa, boy. Whoa, whoa, Chaco. Boy. Yeah, look where we have to track. Mesquite and greasewood. Ground as hard as rock. Won't be much of a trail here, Jace. It'll take us hours to cut back and forth looking for soft spots. Yeah, no time for that. Get off. Yeah. Uh, it's going to be too bad if I didn't hit him. A blood trail's our only chance. Yeah. They'll find another contact for narcotics across the border. Sure they will. Unless we get to the man we're after. He's the only one who can lead us to the ring on this side of the border. And we've got to get to him before he gets rid of that package. You are listening to Tales of the Texas Rangers, starring Joel McRae as Ranger Jace Pearson. Today marks our first Sunday broadcast. And we sincerely hope that all our old friends who listen to us on Saturday night will be with us at this new Sunday time. Also, we extend a cordial welcome to our new listeners and hope that you'll be with us every Sunday at this time. Now we continue with tonight's case, Living Death, an authentic story from the files of the Texas Rangers. <laughs> We the ground for a blood trail, and we found it. Not much, but enough to follow. It led through the mesquite and greasewood, but the rider knew the country. He'd been weaving through the roughest spots. He's a smart one, Jace. Yeah, slowing us down all the way. Got a good hour on us by now. And an hour is too long. He's probably just using that horse to get to a car someplace. We can't waste any more time trail cutting them. No. He must have headed for cover someplace to take care of that wound. General direction seems to be northeast. We'll have to gamble on it. Okay. Let's ride. Get up, Charlie. Oh, yeah. uh, uh. After two miles, we reached a road and picked up the trail again. We had horse tracks to follow now, and they led to a dilapidated barn near a rundown ranch house. He was here, all right, Clyde. Blood in the hay and his torn cloth ripped a piece off his shirt to make a bandage. He knew this spot and headed right for it. He must have been here before. Yeah, but we're still way behind him. Main road's only a mile or so from here. He's gotten to his car by now. The ranch house is dark. Uh, let's wake him up. They might have seen something or heard something. Leave the horses here. Okay. This place sure has gone to seed, Jason. Yeah, big house, falling apart. Fences sagging, no stock. Must have been a nice ranch once, though. Uh, isn't anymore. 
man gets his living from the earth, you'd think he'd take better care of it. Here's the house. Open up. Hey, wake up in there. Who is it? Texas Rangers, ma'am. We'd like to talk to you. Just a minute. electric power line to the house, but when she opened the door, she was carrying a candle. The inside of the house was almost barren. What do you want? We're looking for a rider. came through here tonight. He stopped in your barn. You see or hear anything? No, I didn't. You rent out a horse to anybody? <laughs> a horse? Range, if I had a horse, I'd have sold him for food for my kids. Oh, sorry, we have to bother you, ma'am. It's all right. What difference does it make? You know anybody around who... Ma'am, would you mind holding your candle over the mantel of this fireplace? Why? Jace, that picture. That picture was a photograph of a man. The face was younger, full and healthier than when we'd seen it last. But there was no doubt about who it had been. Jace, that's a picture of the man we saw with the cap, the body, and the morgue. The mo <laughs> Take it easy, ma'am. Ma'am, uh... I'm sorry. When? When did you see him? He can't be dead. He can't be. I'm afraid he is, ma'am. And he'll help us a lot if you'll tell us who he was. Jack Prentice. My husband. Oh, my poor kid. Oh, why didn't you report him missing? Because he left me two years ago. He'd sold and lost everything we owned. He was sick, half crazy, acting like a madman. I don't know why I didn't do anything. He'd never been like that before. You got any idea at all what started it? A friend of his. Jack was all right. He was a good husband and father till he took up with Virgil Green. Then he spent more time with him than he did with us. He must have been gambling or something. We had a good place here. Then it was all gone. This isn't going to be easy to take, ma'am. Your husband wasn't a gambler. He was a drug addict. Oh, why didn't he tell me? I begged him to go to a doctor, but he wouldn't. When did you see him last? I told you, two years ago. When Virgil Green left it, Jack left right after him. You seen this Virgil Green since then? No. You know where Green went after he left here? No, but it must have been Chino. I got a couple of letters from Jack came from there. And then he stopped writing. Not even a word to his kids. Ma'am, I hate to leave you like this, but we'll see if we can get you some help later on. Nothing can help anymore. Not for me. But I'd beg for my kids. You won't have to. You'll hear from us. Come on, Clyde. We gotta get the boy who gunned her husband, Jace. We gotta get more than one. We gotta get them all. The whole ring. There'll be a hundred more like her husband, dying slower and worse than he did. You think this Virgil Green is the link? It must be. Fits the cards we've been playing. Jack Prentice couldn't raise money to buy from Green, threatened to expose him, and Green killed him. Then he killed the man near the border, too. Gotta try to pick up Green at Chino. He knew this place. It's a fair bet he's the man we've been chasing. Get up, Charcoal. Oh, boy. Taking him is going to be a pleasure. We can't take him. 
Not until we find out if he still has that package. We better knock on these ponies until we get to our car. Yeah. Yeah. We got to the car. But before we headed for Chino, I put in a phone call to Captain Stinson. All right, Jase. I'll have a ranger plane pick up that bank wrapper and send it to the lab. It may be a bank in Chino. Well, that fits with a few other things. My checkup shows a heavy drug traffic in and around the Chino area. And the town where Prentice was killed is only 60 miles from Chino. Good. That narrows it down. Uh, see if you can dig up a Chino address on Virgil Green while we're driving up there. He's only two hours ahead of us. If we can burn up road, we may reach there almost as soon as he does. Let you know by radio, Jase. I'll head for Chino myself. Thanks, Captain. We'll see you there. Chino when our short wave came through with Green's address. KTXA to Unit 10. Unit 10 to KTXA. Go ahead. Address of subject Virgil Green is Greendale Ranch, State Highway 39, 14 miles west of Chino. Got it. Any report from lab on bank money wrapper? Stamp on money wrapper restored by Austin Lab. Money and packet came from Chino State Bank corner Main and Crockett in Chino. 10-4. Unit 10, clear. KDXA, Austin. That's all we need, Jace. Yeah. We can get Green in sight before he unloads that package. It was dark when we reached the Greendale Ranch outside of Chino. We'd made up time on Green's head start because we saw a car and horse trailer pull into the ranch just ahead of us. A man got out of the car and limped up to the house, and he was carrying a package. Walks like a man's been shot in the leg, Jace. Yeah. Don't turn in after him. Go on past the ranch. Okay. Where do you want to stop? Where we can watch the house and keep the car shielded. Well, there was some heavy brush on the other side of the road just across from Green's place. All right. Turn around and go back. We'll keep an eye on him from there. watch on Green's house all night, but nobody showed to pick up the package. The next morning, Green came out and got into his car. We followed him into Chino. He's pulling into a parking space up near the next corner, Jace. Yeah, slow down. He's getting out. He's got the package, all right, sticking out of his pocket. Park here, quick. He's going into that building on the corner. Come on, before we lose him. Hey. Street sign, Main and Crockett. And he went in there, Jace. Chino State Bank. That's where the money wrapper came from. Don't go in. Just walk around the corner. We can look through the bank windows. There he is, Jace. Last counter, the rear of the bank. Safe deposit boxes. Going through the rail into the vault. Must have a box he's going to plant the stuff in. We going to grab him? No. Wait he comes out. But he won't have it on him then. We've got enough on him. We can pick him up any time. We've got to stay with that package until we know who gets it next. Hey, he wasn't in there long. He's coming out. Yeah, the package isn't in his pocket now. All right, get out of sight there. Right. He was in there just long enough to open up the box and drop it. Yeah, you've seen the package now. Drift around to the front of the bank. See that nobody leaves that vault with it unless you follow him. Okay, well, where are you going? 
to meet the captain and get a court order to open that vault. We got the order. Then we waited until the bank closed and the employees were out. We got the president of the bank at his home and took him back to open the vault. Narcotics, eh? Most distressing, gentlemen. Oh, come in, please. All right. Which box is Green's? 421, right here. Want to open it for us? Why, of course. What? It's, oh. it's empty. Now, couldn't you have made a mistake, Ranger? No. Clyde, are you sure that package wasn't taken out? Positive, Jace. I watched every single person went in or out till the bank closed. Our order covers the rest of these boxes, doesn't it, Captain? Yes. All right. Let's open them all. We found what we were after, but not the way we expected to find it. The stuff was there, all right, but it had been split up into smaller quantities. Owners of these boxes must be names you have on your list of dope peddlers then, Captain. I'll check that on the bank records. Yeah, but how'd this stuff get split up? Green wasn't in here long enough to do it. No, he couldn't have done it. Miss Key would only give him access to his own box. They have to be done by somebody with a set of duplicate keys. Somebody working here. Well, that's impossible. Only the head cashier and I have duplicate keys. Were you in the vault after the bank closed? No, sir. I haven't been in here all day. That's truth, Jace. I could see him through the window. And then the head cashier's our boy. He's the distributor. And a pretty clever distribution scheme, too. No direct contact, and he has access to the vault after the guard has left. If he's handled those packets, there'll be fingerprints on them. What's his name, and where does he live? His name is August Weber. He's got a big ranch over near Estrella on Highway 39. And I know how he got it now. He said he was making money on investments. Investments? He meant a black market in human souls. Come on, Clyde. Let's get him and Virgil Green. We found the house, an elaborate building on a fine ranch. There was another car in the driveway when we pulled up. Hey, Jace, that car in front of the place. Yeah, we're in luck. It's the car Virgil Green was driving. Light around the side of the house by that French door. Maybe they didn't hear us drive in. Good. Let's slip up on that side of the porch and find out. Might be able to take him easy. Uh, don't count on it. Cold-blooded killer like Green. He'd keep on killing as long as he has a gun. We slipped up to the French door. It was locked and we couldn't see through it. But their voices drifted out through an open window. Whoever my leg is infected, I gotta see a doctor. Have him report a bullet wound. You want me to die? I could put a bullet in you, too. Well, let me know when you want to try. Then I'm a little killer myself, Green. Only I haven't thought about it. Nobody's caught me yet. All right, Clyde. Let's kick a hole in this door. All right. Don't move. Ranger. Don't reach. Don't reach. You hurt bad? My, my side. You, you're hit too, Jace. Blood on your head. Yeah, just a neck. Come on. I'll get you to a hospital. How about... How about them? Leave them for the coroner. 
They're both dead. The gun found beside the body of Virgil Green proved to be the murder weapon the Rangers had been seeking. Narcotics peddlers having safe deposit boxes at the Chino State Bank were rounded up, and they admitted they had been supplied by August Weber. They were tried and sentenced. The traffic in living death was halted. And here again is the star of our show, Joel McRae. A friend of mine returned recently from a visit to Texas. While he was there, he'd seen a Texas ranger, and he asked his host, a rancher, what the requirements were for a man who wanted to be a ranger. The host looked thoughtful for a moment and said, Well, I'd say if a man could ride like a Mexican, trail like an Indian, shoot like a Tennessean, fight like the devil, he might have a chance to get in. (laughs) Well, I hope you'll be with us again next week. Same time, same station. Good night. Next week, Joel McRae in another authentic reenactment of a case from the files of the Texas Rangers. Joel McRae is currently seen starring in the MGM production Stars in My Crown. Tonight's cast included Tony Barrett, Barney Phillips, Larry Dobkin, Byron Kane, Ken Harvey, and Lillian Bias. This story was transcribed and adapted by Joel Murcott, and the program was produced and directed by Stacy Keach. This is Hal Gibney speaking.